Right now, our lives are rapidly transforming. We don't know yet how we'll be changed as individuals or how our communities will change in the long term. But the change is surely happening and we can be active in creating the new that this transformation brings. I'm Sarah Bariza, and this is First Conversational, a podcast of the First Congregational Church of St. Louis. In this season of First Conversational, we're exploring stories of transformation, times when, by choice or circumstance, people found themselves or their lives changing in fundamental ways. Remembering our own transformative experiences and hearing stories of transformation from others helps us imagine the new and grow into it. So, let's hear a story of transformation. Today's story is from Anne Kitlas, a story of Anne's fresh start in a new city and the bravery to figure out who she wanted to be. I hope hearing Anne's story inspires you to reflect on your own past transformations and the growth ahead. Let's see, where do I want to begin? The beginning of 1997, I was newly engaged and had just bought a house and was working for President Clinton at the USAID Agency for International Development and interviewing to be communications director at the National Security Council. Um, In very short order, I found out just after getting married that I was pregnant. My husband was taking a job in St. Louis, Missouri. So everything that had led up to that moment was suddenly thrown up in the air. I was 35 years old. I had had a very um, successful career uh, in communications and public policy in Washington, D.C., having worked on Capitol Hill, having worked for national nonprofit organizations in communications uh, roles and working in the U.S. government, and suddenly was poised to move into um, much more significant professional spaces in that world, moving up the ladder as one does there. And suddenly kind of the the ladder was pulled out from under me with these things that I really wanted, which was, uh, which were to get married and to start a family. But suddenly that was all going to happen in a place that I really had had no intention of going and had no idea what that future held for me. So I suddenly went from being one person with one identity and known to people in that certain way to someone with no identity in a new marriage in a new place and no real way to connect. And so it was a really um, kind of precarious moment, kind of personally, professionally, you know, I didn't really know who I was. I mean, fortunately I kept my name because that was the only thing about me that was familiar at that point in time. I, my husband, Jay, uh, moved to St. Louis um, Labor Day weekend of 97, and I followed him at the end of the year because I was working on a promotion. I was, you know, we had a house that we had just bought that we needed to sell, and I had no idea what I was going to do in St. Louis, and so I figured I'd work as long as I could. I wasn't going to look for a job um, in St. Louis because I had a baby due in April, and 
you know, to complicate things further or to make it more emotionally fraught. I had no idea what to do with a baby. It was a first child. I was moving to a new place. I had no social supports. Coincidentally, I did have a grandmother who lived here, but she was turning 90 that year. And so, and I didn't know her all that well. And so, so I had the opportunity to get to know my grandmother. Um, I had the opportunity, you know, everything is kind of blue sky and, and um, kind of scary in a big vacuum at the same time. But what I was able to do is just kind of fall back into myself and kind of learn who I was in all of that and what kind of mother I wanted to be without all the expectations or the influences of my friends and other people who might place those expectations on me professionally. It took off the pressure of going back to work, which in Washington I would have been uh, felt a lot of pressure to do right away. But I really didn't want to do that because I was 35 years old. I had accomplished a lot professionally, and now I wanted to put my attention toward raising a family. Whatever that meant, I had no idea, but at least I had time and space to do it. You know, one of the things that happens in Washington when you're there a long time is you kind of lose your own identity because you're always working, unless you are the top, you are the member of Congress, you are the president, the people who work for you have to basically adopt your identity. They have to speak on your behalf. And always in my roles, I was in communications and policy, I was representing other people and other people's positions. I never was allowed to have my own opinions in terms of my ability to express them. I could have them, but I didn't dare utter them. And sometimes I edited my own thoughts to fit into whatever my boss was um, thinking. So even if people asked me direct questions, I always had to couch them in terms of who I was working for. And that wasn't hard because I always worked for people who uh, I supported. So I wasn't um, compromising myself. But at the same time, I wasn't allowing myself to think things through and form my own opinions. And that's one of the things that that I was able to do when I moved to St. Louis, because I spent a lot of time reading the paper and listening to NPR. And, and uh, at the time, the Diane Reem show was on and Talk of the Nation was on. And I started calling in periodically. I wrote letters to the New York Times, and I always got picked up because I was suddenly Anne from St. Louis. And anybody will take a call on a national radio program from Anne from St. Louis, because that sounds so middle America, so, you know, kind of generic and yet special at the same time when you're an East Coast um, news program. And so because I was, I had educated thoughts on things because of my experience, which of course they didn't know about, I came off as um, kind of interesting and articulate, I assume, because I, I would get on different programs where I'd have letters to the editor published in the New York Times because of uh, because suddenly I had this new identity, which was kind of funny to me because it didn't ring true, and yet it was true. And so in that way, I was able to find my voice as an individual with my own thoughts, um, which I'd never been able to have before. So as, as I had no idea who I was in this new place, and nobody else knew who I was, and I'm not someone who walks down the street and says, hey, I used to be or I used to do, you know, find me interesting, please. You know, I kind of had to just introduce myself kind of nakedly as, as who I was, you know, and have my own opinions. And that was really uh, ultimately very liberating. And so, you know, as we formed our family and, and relationships in a new place, 
Um, and my grandmother moved away at the age of 92 because she didn't think we would stay. You know, we created our own life and, and new identities here that we never really imagined. We never imagined that we would stay in St. Louis. We were going to be here for two years and leave because why would we stay in St. Louis, Missouri, of all places, when our families were nowhere close? Everything we knew was nowhere close. But we were able to find our own path and our own family, our own relationships, our own happiness, um, including our church family, that's really kept us rooted here uh, now 22 years, 23, a really long time that we never, ever expected. But it was that kind of uh, the transition from from one thing to another with all the uncertainty in the middle that allowed us um, to kind of become our own our own people in a way that we never would have had we stayed where our families were, where our careers had been, where our friends and all those expectations and everything remained in other places. We could, we could be our own people here. You know, one example of, of just giving in to a new environment, just giving in to a new reality happened. I think I was reading a book about being a mother and how, you know, as a professional woman and society's pressures, and my mother always worked, my grandmothers both had jobs in their, later in their lives. And having come from where I came from professionally, the idea of being a stay-at-home mom was itself, you know, like, okay, I, I want to do this thing, but what does it mean? And how do I find fulfillment? And all those questions that women have and, you know, wanting to create plans and programs and stimulation and all this, you know, for the baby. And, and one, one of the books had a, had a visual that we as moms can all relate to, which is you go outside and there's a mud puddle and the, and the kid wants to play in the mud puddle. And you're like, Oh, don't get your clothes dirty. Oh, you know, we don't have to, I don't have any towels. We don't have time to clean up. But there's this, there's this moment when you have time as a stay-at-home mom or as a mom on a weekend or in the evening or whenever, when you have time where you just kind of say, go ahead and play. And it's really kind of shocking and cathartic when you have that kind of shift in your, in your mental space of just like, just go ahead and splash, go get dirty. We got time. We, you know, you gotta, you gotta do whatever you can Please don't put it in your mouth, but, but go ahead and put it in your hair. And it's, it's this kind of letting go feeling, the letting go of control that as a mom or a parent of any kind or a caregiver, or even of just as you as an individual, just letting go of what all the expectations are and the deadlines and the structures and, and just sit, let your kid sit in the mud puddle and play. It's revelatory, you know, when you have those moments where you can just sort of let go of all the things that, that were pressuring you to, to behave in a different way. I kind of think of that in terms of, uh, I think of the kid in the mud puddle and allowing that to happen when I think of um, any kind of big transition where you don't know what the outcome is and you've lost control. And, you know, with COVID, you know, we've just lost control. And so at a certain point, you just got to sit in the mud puddle and splash around and just, you know, we'll clean up later. But you just got to live in that moment and then, and then move on to the next thing. But as a parent, that was just a big moment for me, like just giving up, you know, give up for a minute and just sit in the sun and watch the kid play. <laughs> You know, it's, it's really um, humbling 
to be in a in your house and it was like it was winter i was pregnant i knew nobody i had nowhere i had no way to connect with anyone you know i, I wasn't involved in anything we started joining all the local um you know, the zoo and the botanical garden and, and all these organizations at the $40 level just to start getting mail. I mean, I had to buy Christmas presents without, at the time, any catalogs. Like, there was no internet shopping in 1997. And I had no idea how to buy things. I didn't know where the stores were. I didn't have catalogs. Nobody knew where I was. I didn't know where I was. You know, it was really a, a very unsettling time. And I, I actually started, I found the Y in Brentwood, and uh, I love that why. And I started taking water aerobics because I thought it would be good for my pregnancy and my being able to stretch. But water aerobics at that time in this place were not, you know, they didn't have exercises for pregnant women. And so it was me and a bunch of like 70 year old women in the pool and they were awesome. And every day they would tell me their stories of childbirth and things from the fifties. And I'd be like, I hope it's, you know, but they were awesome, you know, and, and they supported me and were encouraging. And they were the first, first people that I, that I knew. I didn't know their names, but I saw them in the pool at the Y every day. And, uh, you know, just kind of emerging as myself in those spaces was, um, you know, it it, I, I, it didn't feel all that great at the time. It felt scary and boring and disconnected, but but it all built up to me just figuring out what I wanted and, and how, what kind of parent I wanted to be and wife I wanted to be and neighbor I wanted to be and who I wanted to be as a person. It was a huge transition. And um, anyway, I, I'm glad I survived. <laughs> And that we're still here, you know? I mean, we could have just decided we didn't want to be different people. We didn't want a new place. And we could have just gone back to what was comfortable, but we, but we didn't. This was an episode of First Conversational, a podcast of the First Congregational Church of St. Louis. If you'd like to find out more about First Congregational or listen to other podcast episodes, check out firstcongregational.org. I'm your host and producer, Sarah Bariza. Thanks for listening. <laughs>